Act Three of The Funeral or Grief a la Mode by Richard Steele. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Scene One Lord Hardy's Lodgings. Enter Lord Hardy, Campley, and Trim. That jade tattlade saw me upon the stairs, for I had not patience to keep my concealment, but must peep out to see what has become of you. But we have advice, however, it seems, from the garrison already. This mistress of Trim's is a mighty lucky accident. Aye, gentlemen, she has free egress and regress, and you know the French are the best-bred people in the world. She'll be assistant. But faith, I have one scruple that hangs about me, and that is, look you, my lord, we servants have no masters in their absence. In a word, when I am with mademoiselle, I talk of your lordship as only a particular acquaintance. That I do business indeed for you sometimes. I must needs say, cries I, that I need my lord hardy is really a person I have a great honour for. Pish! Is that all? I understand you. Your mistress does not know that you do me the honour to clean my shoes or so, upon occasion. Prithee, Will, make yourself as considerable as you please. Well, then, your lesson is this. She, out of respect to me, and understanding Mr. Campley was an intimate of my friend, my lord haughty and condescending, though she is of a great house in France, to make mentors for the improvement of the English, which gives her easy admittance. She, I say, moved by these promises, has vouchsafed to bring a letter from my lady Harriet to Mr. Campley, and came to me to bring her to him. You are to understand also that she is dressed in the latest French cut. Her dress is the model of their habit, and herself of their manners. For she is... But you shall see her. Exit. This gives me some life. Cheer up, Tom, but behold the solemnity... Do you see Trim's gallantry? I shall laugh out. Enter Trim, leading in Mademoiselle. My dear Lord Hardy, this is Mademoiselle Epingle, whose name you've often heard me sigh. Lord Hardy salutes her. Mr. Campley, Mademoiselle de Pingle. Campley salutes her. Votre servante, gentlemen, votre servante. I protest to you I never saw anything so becoming as your dress. Shall I beg the favour you'd condescend to let Mr. Trim lead you once round the room, that I may admire the elegance of your habit? Trim leads her round. How could you ask such a thing? Pshaw, my lord, you are a bashful English fellow. You see, she is not surprised at it, but thinks me gallant in desiring it. Oh, madam, your heir the negligence the disengagement of your manner oh how delicate is your noble nation i swear there is none but the clumsy dutch and english would oppose such polite conquerors when shall you see an englishwoman so dressed the english poor barbarians poor savages they know no more of the dress but to cover their nakedness glides along the room they be clothed but no dressed but monsieur terim which monsieur campley that's honest tom campley at your service mademoiselle i fear i incurred the censure 
pulling out the letter and recollecting as loath to deliver it. But, Monsieur Trevin, being your intimate friend and I designing to honour him in the way of an husband, so, so, how do I run away in discourse? I never make promise to Monsieur Trevin before, and now to do it by accident. Dear Will Trim is extremely obliging in having prevailed upon you to do a thing that the severity of your virtue and the greatness of your quality, though a stranger in the country you now honour by your dwelling in it, will not let you otherwise condescend to. Oh, monsieur, oh, monsieur, you speak my very thoughts. Oh, I don't know how, pardon me, to give a bichet. It's so look... Oh, fie, I cannot stay after it. Drops it, runs affectedly to the other end of the room, then quite out, re-enters. I beg ten thousand pardons for go away to Malpropos. Curtsies as going. Your servant, good madam. Mr. Trim, you know you command here. Pray, if Madame de Pingle will honour our cottage with longer stay, wait on her in and entertain her. Pray, sir, be free. My lord, you know your power over me. I'm all complacence. Leads her out. Now to my dear epistle. Sir, there is one thing which you were too generous to touch upon in our last conversation— we have reason to fear the widow's practices in relation to our fortunes, if you are not too quick for her. I ask Lady Charlotte whether this is not her sense to Lord Hardy. She says nothing, but lets me write on. These people always have, and will have, admittance everywhere. Therefore we may hear from you. I am, sir, your most obedient servant, Harriet Lovely. Ha! <laughs> My obedient servant, thy obedience shall ever be as voluntary as now. Ten thousand thousand kisses on thee, thou dear paper. <coughs> Look you, my lord, what a pretty hand it is. Why, Tom, thou dost not give me leave to see it. You snatch it to your mouth so, you'll stifle the poor lady. Look you, my lord, all along the lines here went the pen and through them white intervals her snowy fingers. Do you see? This is her name. Nay, there's Lady Charlotte's name, too, in the midst of the letter. Why, you'll not be so unconscionable. You're so greedy. You'll give me one kiss, sure. Oh, well, you shall, but you're so eager. Don't bite me, for you shan't have it in your own hands. There, 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 let go my hand. What an exquisite pleasure there is in this foolery. But what shall we do? I have a thought. Prithee, my lord, call Trim. Ah, uh, Trim? Hold, Mr. Trim. You forget his mistress is there. Gramercy! Dear Will Trim, step in hither. Ah, that's something. Enter Trim. Trim, have not I seen a young woman sometimes carry Madame de Bangle's trinkets for her, coming from my Lady Brompton's? Yes, you might have seen such a one. She waits for her now. 
do you think you could not prevail for me to be dressed in that wench's clothes and attend your mistress in her stead thither they'll not dream we should so soon attempt again yes i'll engage it then we'll trust the rest to our good genius i'll about it instantly harriet lovely exit kissing the letter scene two lady brompton's room enter widow and tattleade this was well done of you be sure you take care of their young ladyships you shall i promise you have a snip in the sale of em i thank you good ladyship is that the porter's paper of howdy's yes madam he just sent it up his general answer is that you're as well as can be expected in your condition but that you see nobody that's right reading names lady wriggle lady formal oh that wriggle a pert ogler an indiscreet silly thing who is really known by no man yet for her carriage justly thought common to all and as formal has only the appearance of virtue so she has only the appearance of vice what chance i wonder put these contradictions to each other into the same coach as you say they're called mrs francis and mrs winifred glebe who are they they are the country great fortunes have been out of town this whole year they are those whom your ladyship said upon being very well born took upon them to be very ill-bred <laughs> did i say so really i think twas apt enough now i remember em lady wrinkle oh that smug old woman there's no enduring her affectation of youth but i plague her i always ask whether her daughter in wiltshire has a grandchild yet or not lady worthy i can't bear her company she has so much of that virtue in her heart which i have in my mouth only mrs afterday oh that's she that was the great beauty the mighty toast about town that's just come out of the smallpox she's horribly pitted they say i long to see her and plague her with my condolence tis a pure ill-natured satisfaction to see one that was a beauty unfortunately move with the same languor and softness of behaviour that once was charming in her to see i say her mortify that used to kill ha 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 the rest are a catalogue of mere names or titles they were born to an insipid crowd of neither good nor bad but you are sure these other ladies suspect not in the least that i know of their coming no dear madam they are to ask for me i hear a coach exit tatelaide i've now an exquisite pleasure in the thought of surpassing my lady sly who pretends to have outgrieved the whole town for her husband they are certainly coming oh no here let me thus let me sit and think widow on her couch while she is raving as to herself tatelaide softly brings in the ladies wretched disconsolate as i am oh welcome welcome dear killing anguish oh that i could lie down and die in my present heaviness but what how nay my dear dear lord why do you look so pale so ghastly at me wooto wooto fright thy own trembling shivering wife nay good madam be comforted thou shalt not have me pushes tatelaide nay good madam tis i tis i your ladyship's own woman tis i madam that dress you and talk to you and tell you all that's done in the house every day tis i is it then possible 
Is it then possible that I am left? Speak to me not. Hold me not. I'll break the listening walls with my complaints. Looks surprised at seeing company. Then severely at Tatelaide. Ah, oh, Tatelaide! Nay, madam, be not angry at her. We would come in in spite of her. We are your friends and are as concerned as you. Ah, oh, madam, 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 madam. I'm an undone woman. Oh, me, alas, alas, oh, oh. All join in her notes. I swoon, I expire. Faints. Pray, Mrs. Tatelaide, bring something that is cordial to her. Exit Tatelaide. Indeed, madam, you should have patience. His lordship is so old. To die is but going before in a journey we must all take. Enter Tatelaide, loaded with bottles. Third lady takes a bottle from her and drinks. Lord, how my lady Fleer drinks. I've heard indeed, but never could believe it of her. Drinks also. But, madam, don't you hear what the town says of the chill flirt the men like so much in the park? Hark, yeah, was seen with him in a hackney coach and silk stockings, keyhole, his wig on the chair. Whispers by interruptions. Impudent flirt to be found out. But I speak it only to you. Nor I, but to one more. Whispers next woman. I can't believe it. Nay, I always thought it, madam. Whispers the widow. Sure, tis impossible, the demure prim thing. Sure, all the world's hypocrisy. Well, I thank my stars. Whatsoever sufferings I have, I've none in reputation. I wonder at the men. I could never think her handsome. She has really a good shape and complexion, but no mean. And no woman has the use of her beauty without mean. Her charms are dumb. They want utterance. But whither does distraction lead me? To talk of charms? Charms? A chit's a girl's charms. Come, let us widows be true to ourselves, keep our countenances and our characters, and a fig for the maids. I mean, for the unmarried. Aye, since they will set up for our knowledge, why should not we for their ignorance? But madam, on Sunday morning at church I curtsied to you, and looked at a great fuss in a glaring light dress next to you strong masculine thing is a knight's wife pretends to all the tenderness in the world and would fain put the unwieldy upon us for the soft the languid she has of a sudden left her dairy and set up for a fine town lady calls her maid cicely her woman speaks to her by her surname mrs cherry fist and her great foot boy of nineteen big enough for a trooper striped into a lace coat now mr page forsooth Oh, I have seen her. Well, I heartily pity some people for their wealth. They might have been unknown else. You'd die, madam, to see her and her equipage. I thought the honest fat tits, her horses, were ashamed of their finery. They dragged on as if they were still at the plough, and a great bashful-looked booby behind grasped the coach as if he held one. Alas! Some people think there's nothing but being fine to be genteel. But the high prance of the horses and the brisk insolence of the servants in an equipage of quality are inimitable. But to our own beasts and servants. Now you talk of equipage. I envy this lady the beauty she'll appear in in a morning coach. Tools so become her complexion. 
I confess I must have moaned for two years for no other reason. Take up that hood there. Oh, that fair face with a wail. They take up her hoods. Fie, fie, ladies. But I've been told indeed black does become. Well, I'll take the liberty to speak it. There is young Nutbrain, has long had, I'll be sworn, a passion for this lady. But I will tell you one thing. I fear she would dislike. That is, he's younger than she is. No, that's no exception, but I'll tell you one. He's younger than his brother. Uh, ladies, talk not of such affairs. Who could love such an unhappy relic as I am? But, dear madam, what grounds have you for that idle story? Why, he toasts you and trembles when you're spoken of. It must be a match. Nay, nay. You rally, you rally. But I know you mean it kindly. I swear we do. Tatelaide whispers the widow. But I must beseech you, ladies, since you have been so compassionate as to visit and accompany my sorrow, to give me the only comfort I can now know, to see my friends cheerful, and to honour an entertainment Tatelaide has prepared within for you. If I can find strength enough, I'll attend you. But I wish you'd excuse me, for I've no relish of food or joy, but will try to get a bit down in my own chamber. No, no, no you, you must go with us. There's no pleasure without you. But, madam, I must beg of your ladyship not to be so importune to my fresh calamity as to mention Nutbrain any more. I'm sure there's nothing in it. In love with me, quotha. Is helped off. Exeunt. Enter Mademoiselle and Campley in women's clothes, carrying her things. I very glad us be in the lady's antechamber. I was shamed of you. You, you such an impudent look. Besides, me wonder you were not seized by the constable when you pushed the man into the kennel. Why, should I have let him kiss me? No. But if you had hit him with fun and say, why, sure, saucy box, it'd been enough. Decide. Would you hit the gentleman for offer kiss me? I beg pardon. I did not know you were pleased with it. Please, no. But me rather be kissed than you. Monsieur Tarim's friend be found out. Could not you say when he kiss me? Sure, saucy box. That's meat for your master. Besides, you take such strides when you walk. Walk, fie, these little pretty tiny bits a woman's steps. Showing her step. But pretty, mademoiselle, why have you lost your English tongue all of a sudden? Methought when the fellow called us French horse as we came along and said we came to starve their own people, you gave him pretty plain English. He was a dog, a rascal. You'd send him to the stocks. <laughs> I was in a passion and betrayed myself. But you're my lover's friend and a man of honour. Therefore, no, you'll do nothing to injure us. Why, Mr. Campley? You must know I can speak as good English as you, but I don't for fear of losing my customers. The English will never give a price for anything they understand. Nay, I've known some of your fools pretend to buy with good breeding, and give any rate rather than not be thought to have French enough to know what they were doing. Strange and far-fetched things they only like. 
Don't you see how they swallow gallons of the juice of tea while their own dock leaves are trod underfoot? But, Mum, my Lady Harriet. Enter Lady Harriet. Madame Ventrain, servante, servante. Well, Mademoiselle, did you deliver my letter? Oui. Well, and how... Is that it in your hand? Eh, uh, oui. Well, then, why don't you give it me? Oh, fie. Lady, that be so right, English. The English mind only the words of the lovers, but the words of the lovers are often lie. But the action, no lie. What does the thing mean? Give me my letter. Me did not deliver your letter. No? No. Me tell you, me did drop it. To see Monsieur Campley, I'll cavalier to take it up. As these may drop it, so Monsieur run, take it up. They both run to take it up. Mademoiselle takes it. Will you give me my letter or not? Oui. But does he though? Dear the letter. Very well, very well. Oh, le you act the manner, Monsieur Canfley. Take it up better than I, though you no see it. They both run. Lady Harriet gets it. Reads. Madame, I am glad you mentioned what indeed I did not at that time think of, nor if I had, should I have known how to have spoken of. But bless me more than fortune can, by turning those fair eyes upon, madame, your most faithful, most obedient, humble servant, Thomas Cantley. What does he mean? But bless me more, by turning, oh, tis himself. Looking about, observes Cantley's smile. Oh, the hoyden, the romp! I did not think anything could add to your native confidence. But you look so very bold in that dress, and your arms will fall off, and your petticoats, how they hang. Mademoiselle, voulez-vous desservir Lord Henry? Chez Monsieur Marchand de Montpellier. This for Showing his trinkets. The essence. A little book French for teach the elder brothers my compliment. Will you, I say, anything that I have, will you have all I have, madame? Yes, and for humour's sake, we'll never part with this box while I live. <laughs> but, Lady Harriet, we must not start laughing. As you observe in your letter, delays are dangerous in this wicked woman's custody of you. Therefore I must, madam, beseech you, and pray stay not on niceties, but be advised. Mr. Campley, I have no will but yours. Thou dear creature, but... Kisses her hand. Hark you, then. You must change dresses with mademoiselle, and go with me instantly. What you please. Madame de Pangle, I must desire you to comply with the humour of gallantry of ours, you may be sure I have an eye over the treatment you have upon my account, only to change habits with Lady Harriet, and let her go while you stay. With all my heart. Offers to undress herself. What, before Mr. Campley? Mademoiselle, apart to Lady Harriet. Oh, oh, very ugly. That is so English. 
all women of quality in france are dressed and undressed by a valet de chambre the man chamber made her complexion better than the woman nay that's a secret in dress mademoiselle i never knew before and i am so unpolished an englishwoman as to resolve never to learn even to dress before my husband oh indecency mr campley do you hear what mademoiselle says oh beast bagadelle well we'll run in and be ready in an instant exeunt lady harriet and mademoiselle well i like her every minute better and better what a delicate chastity she has there's something so gross in the carriage of some wives though they're honest too they lose their husbands hearts for faults which if they had either good nature or good breeding they know not how to tell em of but how happy i am in such a friend as hardy such a mistress as harriet continue heaven a grateful heart to bless with faith in friendship and in love success end of act three